everything paranormal. Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. This is Heidi. And this is Stephanie. And... You know what kind of a Tuesday it is this week? It is a Tall Tale Tuesday. It is a Tall Tale Tuesday. I love it. We have one of our favorite guests on. We do. And he's yeah, going to be sharing some d- tall tales. <laughs> so love I'm excited it. to get to that in a moment. Me too. Me too. And it's the solstice. So Kyle is always on with us on the solstice, says, right? Both summer and winter. So <laughs> it's winter solstice tomorrow, I believe. So it is. Lots of exciting things happening. It is. And we're going to be plunged into it here in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. full on, Mm. into the dark depths of winter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's super cold out. Can I just say it's below zero and the wind chill is like howling. So it's like 20 below or something. But tomorrow we're supposed to get between five and 10 inches of snow, maybe more. Who knows? And then the winds are going to come howling, and it's going to be like a total blizzard on um, Thursday. And and the wind chills are going to be like 40 below. It's going to be like just crazy. So yep. I think it it's was, time time to hide, just stay at home inside for a day or so. <laughs> it was, uh, I saw on my computer there was this little alert thing for the weather. Yeah. So I clicked on it because I'm like, okay, I got to see what's going on. And it showed um, what you were saying and the wind chill, yeah, and the 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts and all that. And they actually said life-threatening conditions yes. if you were yes. out about on Thursday yes. or Friday. <laughs> like, yes. I've never seen that before. I mean, I, I guess I haven't seen it on a regular basis. So this is some serious, serious winter stuff. I know. Paul, Paul Douglas, my favorite meteorologist, um, is on WCCO radio, and I... And I always kind of listen to that i shouldn't say always but i kind of flip between that and some other channels when i'm on my way to work and on the way home and this morning he was laying it all out like when we can ex- and yeah he was very serious about this is a very serious dangerous storm you shouldn't take it lightly by any way stretch or form you know yep it so, was i mean when you see i'm looking at it again it says travel and just going about your business on Thursday or Friday could be life-threatening. Impossible yeah. and life-threatening. Yeah. 
I'm like, wow, we don't see it that often here. No. We can control the things here. Yeah. And 40 below, we're like, yeah, we don't like it, but we can we can function. We can we can done. 10 inches of snow, yeah, we can go through that. But I've never seen life threatening. So there's that. And um, I guess we have I might to be uh, <laughs> altering my stance on today. We will oh. survive. Yes. Yeah, we will. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what have you been up to, Steph? Oh, I've just been getting ready for Christmas. We baked and baked and baked over the weekend. Um, I will say that there's kind of a, there was a huge conference in Miami. And I'm just going to spend a minute on it because I know we're going to have Howard on. And I'm not sure if he's going to be on next week or not because Ken Balcom passed away last week. And he is Howard's brother and the director of the Center for Well Research. And he and Howard were Toki's biggest promoters and they're the ones who wanted her to come home and started this like 40 years ago seriously you know and um so the world of whale research has lost a huge 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 force but you know like we all said and like Raynell was saying you know online he's on the other side stirring up waves and yeah. he's there and he's gonna he's gonna help the ancestors pave uh scally chalk to Nat's way home you know what i mean yeah. so but sadness all at the same time. But yeah, huge things sad. came out of this conference in Miami last weekend. Some unbelievable things. Good, good, positive, fabulous things. So I'm not going to say anything more. We'll let Howard talk about it. Um, I don't know if he'll be on next week for sure, but he will be on in the coming weeks. Yeah. Yep. We'll look forward to having him back whenever he's ready. And um, yes. absolutely, you know, anytime someone who's an, a really strong advocate for yes. a cause transitions we know that they're going to continue that on the other side and you know it's amazing what they can do from the other side that they might not be able to do from here so absolutely uh, there's it's the the two sides of the coin i mean there's a lot of sadness and loss but there's some really powerful movement that can happen as well and Mm -hmm. and you know we wish we wish them of course you know a safe journey and all that and um yes absolutely yeah yeah. so we'll we'll see we'll see them later Super sad, um, you know, and he was the one who started the Center for Well Research. He's the one that started all, the whole ORCA, um, the whole ORCA research out there. He was the pioneer, you know, mm-hmm. he and Dr. Paul Spong up in um, Canada. So, yeah, huge loss. He was older. I mean, he was like 82. So, I mean, he lived a good life. But nonetheless, it's still like, oh, you know, it's just, oh. But yes, so tomorrow is a candlelight vigil. Um, all across the world, they they have just asked for people to remember Ken and light a candle, and it's the winter solstice. That's why they picked tomorrow's date. So anybody out there who loves the orcas and love what these people have done out there on the West Coast, you know, light a candle for Ken tomorrow and think about him. Good. Good. Yes. You shall do that. Yeah. How about you? Well, let's see here. Uh doing a lot of baking as well. Um, got, uh, I've got one batch of Lefsa in, did that with my mom. Well, we actually made two together, but it's gone. So we're gonna have to make more or I'll have to make more. And I actually made some, uh, I made some krumpaka this year, which I haven't made that for a long time. And I've been handing it out to folks and they are loving it. So I'm probably gonna have to make that again. And for those who don't know what it is, it's a Norwegian cookie. It means circle cookie um, or cur- curved cookie. And so, or cake really, but, um, it's delicious and it's just this delicate little lovely bite. And so mm-hmm. I made some of those too, as well as 
you know, all the others, the mm-hmm. fudge and everything. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it's fun, but it's, it's fun. Some tiring. Because I, the weather has yeah. shifted my schedule. People are, you know, we have to cancel stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then it's, oh, well, I'm now at home. What am I going to do? So I'm baking mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. making holiday table runners and all sorts of fun stuff like that because I it time. feels good though it feels good though doesn't it but yeah I have nice all these, yeah i have all these containers looking at me because we put them down here so we don't eat them <laughs> because i give yeah. them to people you know and bring them for uh, trays and stuff but yeah it's it's good it's grounding it's good grounding exercise. you yeah. know what i mean right. i yeah. put a post out on social media the other day that we've had a lot of paranormal investigations lately and so one of the ways that I ground is I, I do stuff with my hands. And so, you know, making things, baking things, sewing things, uh, putting things together, you know, piecing things together in my craft room down here and in my uh, downstairs, which is right in my craft room area. And, and so it's really helpful to be grounding. I make, you know, jewelry and I do all sorts of fun things. And so anytime I can jump into a project and work on it after doing some kind of paranormal investigation or you know some big clearing or whatever it's really nice so um holidays kind of give you some unique fun things to work on different things you wouldn't necessarily do the rest you know any other time of the year i guess so it's been good yeah yeah so that's that's my story should we introduce kyle (laughs) kyle so we've got kyle cadell here from the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center. And we're happy to have you back with us, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. hey y'all, hey. how's it going? Awesome, awesome, good to see you. I, you know, I, I know before the show we mentioned that we, you know, we've had you on Skype, but it's been audio only. So it's fun that we're all looking at each other. You know, it's always a little bit funner for us that way. I know people out in the audience can't see us, but you know, <laughs> it's fun for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's more of a hangout now you know yes now we're actually sitting around the metaphysical table talking (laughs) instead of on the phone exactly yeah one one interview i've done with you all i didn't even have wi-fi at the point so i did it in the parking lot of taco bell so i remember that that. a little bit better than that it worked yeah (laughs) oh we're cool so tomorrow is the solstice, um, which, you know, is a big deal, right? Because it's, you know, the lowest point, the longest night, the longest night. I've been seeing so many things posted on social media about the longest night, you know, and, and things that you should do. So you want to start out about the solstice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, the big thing is the bonfire, you know, uh, the solstice bonfire is one of the oldest traditions and it you know is obviously born out of necessity you know and the longest night of the year is often the coldest night of the year mm-hmm. uh, because there's no sun you know so traditionally they've always kept bonfires burning uh all night for um solstice uh not only to keep warm and to have light but you know to drive the darkness away to drive the spirits away mm-hmm. uh so that's always one of my favorite parts of it it's nice to have a uh some sort of bonfire you know um a more current tradition version of that is the yule log you know yeah which definitely has its roots in the same thing and it's just such a beautiful you know tradition because you get to you know put all your 
you know, worries from the last year, you write them on little pieces of paper and put them on the log, and then you put all your hopes and dreams, and you just put them all on the log, and then you just set it all on fire and uh, see it all burn up into the possibility of next year, the upcoming year, you know? That's awesome. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So that is very cool. Yeah, very it's cool. definitely a fun thing. I've done it a couple of years, but uh, I'm, I'm not big on personal traditions in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, you know, but I like to, you know, be a tourist for traditions, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like I'm kind of, you know, a lot of people at Thanksgiving always have like, the stuffing recipe it's not thanksgiving without the same stuffing recipe i'm more of a like let's see all of those stuffing recipes you know (laughs) yes yes or having different things you know i remember my whole for example my whole growing up years everybody on christmas eve we had to have ham and potato salad right and other things too but that was like the main things and then i remember when i was old enough to host it Oh, no, I shook it up, baby. I had, you know, like roast beef and everybody was like, what? No ham? And I and I made, you know, like like um, cheesy potatoes in the mind. I mean, it was all shook up. There was nothing the same, but everybody yeah. loved it. See, it's like different. You got to have different every once in a while, you know? Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, you can find new traditions that you really adopt by trying new things and Uh, walking in someone else's shoes, you know? It's really eye-opening in a way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and one of the things, too, for those folks out there that don't maybe have a a fireplace or if you're in conditions like we have where it's, um, what do they say, life-threatening if you go outside, um, you could do the same thing with a a candle, you know, do um, inside, you know, if you have a candle or just um, set your intention to mm-hmm. burn and release the statements because I don't want people to also, you know, as we're talking about switching it up and kind of keeping it a little bit open to, you know, um, you don't have to follow the strict rules. You know, if someone doesn't have a fireplace or they can't go outside to a fire pit or whatever, they, you know, you live in an apartment and there's no place to go out on your property, um, you don't want to feel left out. And so there's there's ways to do it where you can stay inside. You don't even have to have a fire. But if you have a little candle and you want to write on teeny little pieces of paper and light them on fire and throw them into a, a little metal dish or something, um, you can do that, too. So you can kind of make up your own Yule log tradition uh, as well. Yeah, exactly. I actually always, like, I'm a firm believer that intention's more important than whatever tools you're using, you know? The tools are there to get your mindset into whatever you were trying to accomplish, so the intent's really the only important thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. But yeah, I don't think we're going to be lighting a Yule log in the fire pit tomorrow night here in Minnesota, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's unreal. We, I mean, it's cold here in Somerset, Kentucky at like 28 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, I think we're looking at five or six inches of snow in this st- storm. That's so coming. you guys are getting it too. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's all the way like Atlanta even supposed to oh. be getting like five inches, which is wild. You wow. Know? That wow. is wild. So it's not just us Northlanders this time. It's like everybody is getting it. That's wild. And, you know, even out on my little island out in the Pacific Northwest where it very rarely snows, I was out there a couple of weeks ago, and there was some snow there, and there was some snow in Seattle. And I've never seen snow out there in, in all, you know, the 27 years we've been going there. 
And today they got 10 inches of snow. And this island is at a standstill, right? Because they don't know how to drive in snow. They don't have snow plows. They have nothing. The ferries are, you know, and, and it's supposed to snow more tonight. <laughs> and the pictures coming out of there are just fabulous. I'm like, I would love to see this, you know? But so, yeah, weird weather everywhere, you know? So, Steph, I have to say, when you said, uh, you know, they don't know how to drive, they don't know how to drive in this, there's no snow plows and the ferries, and I'm, I know you meant boats, like, but I thought like outdoor, like little creatures. And I'm like, oh, the fairies don't know how to do the snow, do they? <laughs> they and then I'm like, oh, you meant the boats. Got yeah, it. but you know, maybe they don't. I got to tell you, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, there was snow on the ground one of the mornings. Um, it had snowed overnight. And it was the one day that we went up to Mount Grant, which is, uh, remember last summer when we were out there, I told you I ran across this area that was just thick with fairies. I mean, they were everywhere. And so I, I went up there and they're there. They're still there, you know. So I guess that I guess the snow doesn't, hurt, you know, hinder them. But, yeah, I'm sure they wonder what the heck is going on, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of cryptids. Yeah. Or, well, I guess those aren't cryptids. They're elementals. But. Yes. Yeah. Magical well. creatures. And actually, the first thing I want to bring up, since we're already talking about traditions and trying out traditions. There's a tradition from Victorian, like England, uh, that is basically disappeared except for uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, so obviously in the song, A Most Wonderful Time of the Year, it, it says like, we'll do scary ghost stories. And you always think like, what, what do you mean scary ghost stories? There's one, There's it's a Christmas mm -hmm. Carol, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's actually, like Charles Dickens himself has written several Christmas ghost stories. And that was a huge tradition in England to um, gather around the fire, uh, the fireplace and share ghost stories with each other. And it was always like specifically a Christmas thing. I pulled up a few uh, names of Christmas stories uh, in case you wanted to look up some. They're almost all British uh, authors, of course, but um, there's one by Edith Wharton called Afterward, A Ghost Story for Christmas. And it's about a rich American couple uh, moving to England and buying an ancient house where they ran into mysterious strangers that live there. Um, so that's fun that it is even included with the Americans, you know. Oh. Uh, and then there's uh, The Crown Derby Plate uh, by Marjorie Bowen. And it's an antique dealer uh goes into an old house on Christmas looking for a missing plate set uh, and finds mm. that there's something strange about the woman that owns the horse, or the, owns the house, excuse me. Be mm -hmm. weird if there's a horse suddenly. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's even uh, a Charles Dickens uh, combination book where it has uh, five stories in addition to Christmas Carol and all five other stories are Christmas ghost stories that he's written. So, like, you can find uh, not only that, but it, it really kind of came to America a little bit, but it died out in, like, the early 1900s. But it's really a fascinating tradition. Um, someone that I work with uh, over in our museum building uh, actually has one of uh, a book that's, like, a collection of scary Yuletide stories. Oh. And we'd really like to... We've talked about doing it since the pandemic, but we haven't gotten around to it. We would like to do like an event in the building where uh, we have like 
you know, hot cocoa and maybe like an activity for kids. And then we read them a couple ghost stories, but we haven't gotten around to doing that yet. But I think that's just such a cool tradition. It and it's something that like, you know, it's definitely an old timey feeling because it's gathering around to communicate orally with your family, not just like watching a, a, a movie together or something. It's, you know, interaction personally with the family. I think that that's a really cool idea, you know? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah for some reason, Christmas Carol, I mean, it's obviously a good story, but that's like the only remaining one that anyone ever knows about. That's kind of strange, yeah. you know? They've yeah, all been lost true. in the time, in the, you know, what do they call that? The wallows of time or something? What am I, what's that word I'm thinking of? Uh, annals. Yes, yes. 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 Wallows. <laughs> wallows of time. Or that. <laughs> what? It's that time. You know, we're just all too, got, you know, I have too many things going on in this little head of mine, you know? So, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I didn't know that, but and I guess I never thought about that song saying, scary ghost stories but absolutely it's right out there and you never think about it when you're because you know you're thinking about christmas and you're thinking about fun you know whatever stuff so it's became i don't know we've we've just delegated halloween is the spooky holiday Mm -hmm. and christmas is like the only good positive like gumdrop holiday you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's interesting but yeah but those of us in the paranormal world know that that I mean, there's lots of paranormal activity all the time, right? Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. just happen at Halloween, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. so yeah, I'm looking stuff up, Kyle, because you got me going here. And I ha- I found a book uh, that's a Victorian Christmas ghost stories. It's uh, There's a series of these books. This mm-hmm. one is volume five, I guess, the first one that popped up on Amazon. But, yeah, there's uh, Christmas Victorian Christmas ghost stories. And the people, someone has put them into different books, and yeah, I might have to check that out now. Yeah, I think it's so neat. And yeah, what a fun like tradition to try to do, especially like with the museum. That's a nice like tie-in besides Krampus that everyone would be able to get behind. You know, so. right? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I do like. And that. it's more like I know we've talked about. It's not just the account of like paranormal stuff. But again, it's just like tradition and folklore and folklore is like absolutely the heart of everything that we've ever done, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool on how to bring it in to other holidays, you know, the paranormal or, you know, ghosts or whatever. Um, and especially Christmas because, I, yeah, I think that one has gotten, um, you know, f- like fluffed up into, yeah. you know, just sunshine and unicorns if you want to call it that you know Santa yeah. and, and uh, bows and stuff so um but yeah that's not it's not like that for everybody either you know not no. everybody is all you know Santa and and uh holiday lights over the holidays you know no. and so a good ghost story or something a little bit more subdued might be up right up someone's alley so yeah I agree I like it yeah yeah it's just a neat idea you know uh I really, I've only read a couple from my friend Jonathan's book, but I, it's something I'd really like to look a little bit more in because I'm sure that they all follow along Christmas Carol, where it's like someone's not in the Christmas spirit, and then a ghost <laughs> helps them find the Christmas spirit. You know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's a good story that could be told in so many different ways. You know? Yep. 
Absolutely. That's, yeah, it's super cool to think about it and uh, to, I guess, try and bring that back up, you know, instead of just leaving the scary for Halloween, you know, bring mm-hmm. it into other uh, holidays. Although I have to say the scary uh, holiday for Tim is Easter. He does not like Easter. Anything dressed up like a rabbit, he is like out of there. Doesn't <laughs> he, he like rabbits? Like, What's going he on? Hates them. Oh. He hates Easter Bunny, especially when Easter Bunny is wearing clothes, like dressed as a human. That's like Tim's scariest holiday, <laughs> just because <laughs> of the rabbit. Sidebar there. Sorry about that. <laughs> is he anyway. not a fan of uh, Alice in Wonderland, the rabbit? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the bunny and Alice from Wonderland is kind of scary. He is kind of scary. <laughs> he gives yeah. me anxiety. It's like, slow yeah. down, man. Totally. Yeah. The anxiety for sure. Oh, yes. It's always late. Oh, you know, and how many of us all the time when things are getting, rapidly getting out of control? Oh, we're going down the rabbit hole again. Oh, my God. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one is scary for sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, since we're talking folk stories, I, Kyle, I want you to talk about the the Icelandic story about the woman and her kids. And I don't remember all what it, all it entailed, but we talked about it before the show. So can you talk about that again? I yeah. Um, so the, you're referring to uh, Grilla. Yes, yes. Yeah, Grilla is this just giant, like, it's like a cross between, like, a witch and kind of, like, a wood gnome thing, but mm-hmm. she's huge and she's mean. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, <laughs> is an ogress. That's that's the word I was trying to think. She's like yeah. a giant yeah. and an ogress. Um, but she kidnaps children, uh, the bad children in Iceland, and cooks them and eats them in her favorite. I forget what they named it, but like translated, it's like uh, naughty children stew. Um, <laughs> and See, this her, is worse than I remember it. <laughs> no, that's, that's terrible. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, so she, of course, also has. Um, she's had three different husbands. Uh, I believe <laughs> she's killed all of them. Maybe one of them escaped, but I think she's killed at least two of them. So, <laughs> wow. Um, but it's as if she's not crazy enough. She has. A giant pet cat, the Yule Cat. And the Yule Cat is another Icelandic cryptid uh, from folklore that goes around and uh, it also eats children. Um, but the way to like ward it off is um, uh, you get new clothes for Christmas. So I think it's like a, a parent-like <laughs> trick mm-hmm. where... Mm-hmm. To make these kids happy for the new socks that their mom just made them. Um, <laughs> they, they have to be like, well, you better be glad I got you those or else the Yule Cat would eat you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you got to dress up in those new clothes for this or else, you know. Yeah. Wear the exactly. Yule Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, like, if that's not enough chaos in that house, let me pull this back up. Um, Gorilla also has... 13 children um, who are the Yule Lads. And the Yule Lads are like normal-sized Icelandic trolls. Uh, And (laughs) it was kind of like whittled down to 13 canonical ones. Uh, There have been in the different stories 
uh, about 72 different children, uh, Icelandic troll children, uh, like attributed to Grilla. And they each like, uh, now, now basically everyone accepts it's 13 and they visit you, visit you the 13 days, uh, leading up to Christmas. And each one has like a specific thing he does to mess with you. Like one of them and is all of their names are like the Icelandic versions of what I'm going to say. Uh, but like there's one named Spoon Licker. And spoon liquor will come into your house and open your silverware drawer and lick all of your spoons. Ah! <laughs> and then there's a window peeper, which pretty self-explanatory. Um, there's a couple that are a little bit more harmless semen. Uh, there's one I can't remember what they what they named it, but it basically just comes under your bed and looks for like any leftover food and like eats it because it's starving. <laughs> who, who keeps food under their bed <laughs> i know well if you eat crackers you know in there i don't know <laughs> well i guess now no naughty little children are going to eat eat in their beds because they don't want this little troll right. getting after it, yeah you know? it's it's all yeah there's stories. there's so many i don't know let's see if i can find uh a good <laughs> list of them those are all the ones that i can remember liquor uh, off the top of my hand. And my I remember head. we talked about spoon liquor before. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. Gosh, just, how annoying is that, you know? Oh my gosh, that is just hysterical. But wasn't there like one or two good ones too? Or am I just making that up? Yeah, well, there's, I don't know if they're good, but they're not bad, you know? Okay. Um, uh, oh, here, Stubby. He's short and he steals food from frying pans. That's what I was going to There's actually, now that I'm looking at him, there's a lot that are just seem hungry. There's oh. uh, spoon liquor, of course, but then there's also pot liquor, and oh. he steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. So Sounds like she's not feeding her children. Yes. What about she's all that child stew? stew. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she makes stew out of the other kids and then yeah. eats it herself. And her poor kids are starving. I don't well, know. I mean, she kills her mess. husbands, for God's sake. She's well, like the insects, you know, that they mate, and then they kill their their the guys, you know, the males. Yeah, she's kind of a, she's yeah, kind of a mess. I mean, I feel bad. Yeah, there's Sausage Swiper. Uh, he steals your sausages. Um, there's Bowl Liquor. He's the one that I was thinking that I couldn't remember. He steals bowls of food from under your bed. Uh and here's the answer. Back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food under their bed for midnight snacking. Which Ooh. Is... <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was apparently common enough that they had a troll that would, like, take advantage of it. Um, hmm. There's Meat Hook. He snatches up any meat left out, but especially smoked lamb. Um, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Meat hook. There's Door Sniffer. And he has an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. They are, over half of them are <laughs> uh, just trying to eat. Gully Gawk, he steals foam from buckets of cow milk. They oh, really gully Gawk. <laughs> I love this. I got to look this up. And I think I have to talk about this on Christmas this year. Because this is just hysterical. You know, it's really <laughs> wild. It's so good. This list is from the Smithsonian, too. Okay. Uh, candle Beggar. Oh, yeah, I remember this one. Because candles at that time were made out of uh, beef tallow or whatever tallow. So he would steal the candles and eat them. Oh, <laughs> and eat those. Yeah. Oh, yummy. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, right now in this whole list, I only see one 
Okay, there's there's two. There's Door Slammer. He stomps around your house and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. And then there's Window Peeper, likes to creep outside windows and steal the stuff he sees inside. Every other one just steals stuff to eat. Aww. <laughs> well, what's so wrong with that? Two of them are getting fed, and that's it. Yes. Yeah. The other ones are all starving. That's yeah, just they must be favorites. Oh, yeah. No kidding. You know what? We've blown past our 30-minute mark, so we are going to go to commercial break, and we will be back in a couple of minutes. This is The Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. Tune in every Monday at 10 o'clock for Dark Sun Rising on the Para-X Radio Network. Heidi, have you listened to The Calling lately? Why, yes, Steph, I have. It's really good. Have you? Absolutely. It's what I would say is a wild and wooly affair. So does that mean it's a wild and wooly Wednesday show? <laughs> well, I definitely think that that's true. So you know we listen, since The Calling is the sibling show to our show, The Gathering. Listen to The Calling Radio Show with Jerry and Kimberly Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Para-X Radio Network. Hi, this is Marla Brooks from Stirring the Cauldron. Thursdays are a great night on the Para-X Radio Network. On the first and third Thursdays of the month at 8 p.m., it's Tango and Friends, hosted by Bruce Tango. And on the alternate Thursdays at 8 p.m., tune in to Stirring the Cauldron, the Archive podcast. Every week at 9 p.m. Eastern, join me on Stirring the Cauldron Live. And then at 10 p.m., stick around for New Aeon Now with Lily Alley, Davron Michaels, and Christine Matza. Finally, to round out the night, join Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz on the Paranormal Encounters podcast. All this, every Thursday, right here on Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. And we have Kyle Cadell with us from the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center. And we're talking about all sorts of fun stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, crazy winter witches and all of her hungry children and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's been an interesting first half, Kyle. (laughs) Good. It's been super fun talking about Grilla and all her 20-some children or whatever, however many you said. (laughs) 13 yeah. officially, but 72. That's a lot that she doesn't claim, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and her murdered husband. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> murdered husband. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, now that we said that, I, I can't remember. There is specifically one of the husbands was murdered in, a, in like, a story that's known uh, in the folklore, but I can't remember what it was now. It's just fascinating that, yes. like, I don't know. Yeah. We always been pretty I don't know I guess America has inherited its beliefs from a lot of other people but we've never even really had the Krampus idea which you know obviously Krampus is Santa's uh, sidekick that 
like mm-hmm. tortures the bad children or whatever mm-hmm. instead of you know in america it's just like santa gives you coal like yeah <laughs> that's pretty mild compared to Grilla putting you in a stew you know yeah absolutely <laughs> well and i think americans like, are always like to sugarcoat everything right they don't want their kids to know anything bad which i think is not a good thing but yeah i mean Grimm's fairy tales are awful and yes. i mean they're good but like they're yes. very like disturbing in ways they're violent yeah that mm. disney just completely erases you know? yes yes so. yes and krampus day was that last week or was it the week before i can't remember it's been, it was recently. Krampus it was recent. In Germany or whatever. Yeah. And you know, Krampus, so I, like, Krampus looks like that Poplick trestle bond. Yeah. Goat man yeah, goat by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to share in the chat room. I've got a, my holiday, my new holiday dish uh, that I found thrifting and it's uh, my Krampus dish. And Ooh. so I'm going to share it in the chat room. And I'll mm-hmm. see if I can find a picture. So, Kyle, you can see it because I don't think you're in the chat room, are you? I'm not. I didn't know you had a chat room I could get in. Oh, that's cool. It looks oh. like a Platts graph something. That's, oh, that's awesome. Cool. But you know what's funny is that it's not Krampus. It's no. like two birds. But oh. I'm like, okay, whoever designed this, yeah. it's Krampus. Like, it's their <laughs> way of going, ha ha. <laughs> like, yeah. whoever designed it, they're like, yeah, that's right. So as soon as I said, I'm like, it's Krampus. I'm getting that. And then I was re- looking it up and I'm like, two birds. I'm like, who makes it it's look like two birds? birds. So it is two birds. I mean, that like looks like Krampus. Dogs. So yeah. I, yeah. So I totally bought it. And that's my Krampus dish. Yeah. That's so I love awesome. It. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Very cool. Yeah. We um, like Krampus is probably the most well-known like alternative Christmas figure. Uh in America. Uh, America also knows Belschnickel pretty well, but that's just because of The Office, you know. Um, Dwight dressed up as Belschnickel in one of the uh, uh, episodes of The Office. And he's basically um, like this guy that comes dressed in rags and really dirty to the children of Germany. And uh, he hands out like treats to the good ones. And he has this like switch like a a beating stick made of all these little sticks uh for the bad kids of course they don't say that in germany anymore now it's just to make the sound to scare the kids but it used to be that he would actually beat the bad kids um but it was all he comes a few weeks before christmas to remind the bad kids that there's still time to turn around so that you can be good for his buddy santa you know Mm -hmm. He should have been, I'm thinking, he should have been in that movie, A Christmas Story, and that those two kids that beat, that are always mean, remember? And then, and then, and then the the one with the glasses gets really mad, just really beats him up. But remember those two? They were like, I just watched it a couple weeks ago. This is what reminds me of it. But they should have learned about him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they would have been nicer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ralphie it just went wild on him, you know, but yeah, I couldn't take it anymore because they were so mean to him all the time. Uh, very cool. So, yeah, so what else were, were we going to... Yeah, I know what else do you have for us, Kyle? Show. Yeah. Well, I'll just mention a couple more of these folklore creatures. Um, 
One of them, I think I mentioned this a couple of years ago when we did uh, one of them about the folklore, but there's uh, a creature, well, it's not even a creature, it's a, like a witch-like lady. Um, there's a story in Italy, Russia, and in Eastern Europe um, about Mother Howl. And Mother Howl is like one of the like archetypes for our modern day thoughts of witches. Like <laughs> she here, she doles out punishments for the lazy and riches for the hardworking. So she's also like, you know, she's a union witch, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but she, uh, it's the same name, uh, or it's the same creature or woman. But in Italy, she's known as. La Bifana, and in Russia, it's Babushka, which is also what you would just call like an old grandma woman is, mm-hmm. is Babushka, you know? Mm-hmm. But each January, she packs up uh, her belongings and sets off on a broomstick to join the three kings who are also looking uh, for the child of Christ. She searches every house, and if she finds a child there, she le- she leaves cookies and a gift behind. So... That's very Santa-esque, but is also clearly, like, what we think of as witches, you know? Mm -hmm. Flying on a broom. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That's pretty amazing, you know? There's a lot of, like, witch-type creatures that do things on, on, like, Christmas and New Year's in (laughs) European, like, uh, folklore and stuff. There's... uh, I forget to name, how to say her name, but Perkta. Perkta is like, uh, she's a New Year's Eve witch. And she, oh goodness, this is, she is not a nice person. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> uh, <Uh-oh. laughs> she, on New Year's, roams the earth, rewarding those who, who are hardworking and generous and punishing the idle and greedy so much like uh, the lava fauna of Italy. Um, but her punishment of choice is, is slashing open your stomach what? so she can rip out your intestines and then replace them with straw, rocks, and garbage. What? Why? <laughs> and <laughs> no. this is even weirder. The tradition of having goose for Christmas is sometimes linked to witches like Perkta who uh, she's often depicted as having a goose foot, along with the belief belief that goose flat was the secret ingredient that enabled witches to fly. Okay. (laughs) Apparently, in case you ever wanted to fly like a witch, you you just need some goose fat. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Goose fat. Give that a shot. (laughs) Yeah. That's very interesting. I've never heard of her. No, me either. You know that that's just way too easy. Goose fat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just fat. saying. Mm-hmm. I have to try it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's disturbing, though. That is. What, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, she, as violent as she is, apparently there's other countries like Switzerland where she has, like, demonic-looking helpers who help, like, either reward or punish people. Um, in Switzerland, there's a creature known as a stragle, and mm. 
I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It looks like one of the creatures from where the wild things are, but with like very vicious devil horns. Pretty interesting. And it uh, (laughs) loves to partake of feast offerings left out for them on Christmas uh, by people that are hoping the perker doesn't kill them. Uh, And in some places, Straggle here gets to dole out the punishments and they aren't terribly discerning uh, as they rob all bad children and tear them to pieces in the air. So, geez, oh. <laughs> literally, our wow. American Santa gives us coal and their demons in Switzerland rip your children into pieces. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> That's worse than Grilla and her kids. Yeah. You know? Well, of course, though, she's mixed stew out of them. So I don't yeah, know which is worse, you know? I think that's all bad. And I'm kind of and, wondering what was up with the kids back when these stories were created, that they had to keep them in line with these stories because or, I think that's why they made the stories right. Well, unless these are based in some kind of, re- you know, like you t- see the Grimm's fairy tales, right? right. And you yeah. think of all these creatures. And then when we talk about fairies and fairies are a thing. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, people say, oh, it's just a story. But so now you think of these stories, you go, well, it's just a story. Is it? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe they were really warning their kids, like, you really need to be good. You know, there's a little bit of truth in everything is what I always say. Scary. You know, but but I wonder, so were the kids that bad or were the parents just kind of cranky old meisters, you know? That's what I've been saying. It's like, is it, you know, what's the matter with them? Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's interesting that santa's kind of won out mm -hmm. over almost every creature you know because he like there was the saint nicholas we talked about the history of him one year Mm -hmm. um and i don't remember any or much about it off the top of my head but i do remember that one of the stories about saint nicholas is that some guy killed uh, a kid and cut him up and put him in a pickling brine jar in his basement. I do remember that. Yeah, and then seven years or something later, St. Nicholas came uh, and that guy offered him food and then that guy it and it. like St. Nicholas said, I know that you like did this and went downstairs and reassembled the kid and he was alive again. I do remember that story now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, gruesome. Yeah, Ooh. that's... And that's just Santa, you know? That's not even something, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. There's That's very interesting. But, you know, okay. there, there's definitely positive ones, too. Yeah. Um, uh, Russia has the snow maiden, and mm-hmm. she's just uh, the, like, granddaughter of their version of Santa. Um, his name is Dead Moros. And he, instead of wearing a red coat, wears a blue coat and has, like, a magic staff that he holds. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does basically the same job as Santa, but on New Year's instead of Christmas. Uh, and then he has a granddaughter, the snow maiden that I mentioned, uh, and she goes around with him and helping him. So, you know, there's fun ones. There's mm-hmm. uh, In Sweden, there's a Yule goat, uh, and the god Thor apparently rode a chariot led by two goats. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, the Yule goat has become a huge part of the Scandinavian Christmas. So that's cool. nice. That's you cool. Know? That's a good one. 
Because we all yeah. like Thor. I mean, it depends know? on what the goat does. Like, mm-hmm. what does the goat do? Just visits? Or he just is Santa's, like, version of the reindeer? You yeah. know, is yeah. that the goat? I think he's, okay. yeah, hopefully he just hangs out with him, you know? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I'm like, a goat can be really cool or also could rip you to shreds. I mean, in some of these <laughs> right. stories, you never wouldn't put it past anything at this point yeah. to rip shreds. So Okay, so so we're talking about reindeer now. Now, you guys know that reindeer, Santa's reindeer are girls, right? We know right. this fact. Yeah. Some people don't know this, though. I, but, Kyle, I, you know the, the story about that. Where I don't think know, I did know this. Yes. So, so, so girl power. But, you know, so it's, it's just a standard biological fact that once, once the reindeer, once the males, the mating season is over, they lose their antlers. But girls have them all all winter long until they give birth to the babies right so it, it had to be they had to be girls pull on oh, that one i know right and here's what i say who else but a woman could find their way around the earth to everybody's house and drag that big bulbous santa along, <laughs> <laughs> along oh, with dear. all the toys i mean come on girls only girls right <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's pretty good. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, that's my favorite. That's my deal. <laughs> yeah, the the last uh, one of these creatures. Oh, geez, we only have ten minutes left. The last one of these creatures I'll mention uh, is another nice one, and it's actually kind of my favorite. Uh, it's in Scandinavia, and it's the Tomten, T O M T E N, and it looks exactly like just your average garden gnome, like. With Ooh. the pointy hat and the the cute little beard and everything, um, and there is a uh, Tomten, uh, what's assigned basically to every household, uh, and it's the protector of that whole household. Um, and so he keeps bad things out, but uh, he can get mad at you. So the way to not get to keep him happy is to leave food out on Christmas Eve. So very kind of Santa-y. But mm-hmm. like that's just kind of a thank you to the Tomten, the protector of your household. Um, so I wonder how like related to the history of garden gnomes that is, mm-hmm. you know? Because if they look exactly like it, and there's one for each house, mm-hmm. that is very similar to the idea of just buying a garden gnome and putting it out, you know? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, this is a helpful little being all year round. And is that, yeah, is that why we have garden gnomes out or people even put them in their house, houses and not realizing even that this is a little caretaker for your space all year yeah. round? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting because I've always kind of assumed gnomes, I don't know, I've never looked it up, but I would have thought that the idea of the garden gnome was like, kind of an appeasement to the fairies and to the fae mm-hmm. to where it's like a representation of that. But mm-hmm. this definitely sounds a little bit closer to uh, the origins, you know? I don't know. That'd be something interesting to look into. Tom Tan. Hmm. Um, and then, so uh, since we're this late in the show, the last thing I'll bring up out of all these is a new creature that I had never heard of until I was researching for, uh, for doing this. Um, and it's it's Mary Lloyd, I think is its name, but it's M-A-R-I, and then the next word is L-W-Y-D. 
So oh. like Marie Ludd, um, but it's a uh, w- Welsh word. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Mary Lloyd or Mary Ludd, what it, whatever it is, is basically a, a zombie horse from Wales oh. that come, that walks the streets uh, of your village along with other uh, it's dead basically and it comes back to life to walk the streets with other uh, companions, sometimes humans that were dead that are now coming back to life and basically their goal is to remind the living that the dead are still here uh, which is kind of a fascinating mm-hmm. idea and like <laughs> there's like several different people that claim the origins uh, of it like from some people think it's a modern version of a death horse or or a fertility horse um, uh, there's a Christian standpoint that it's the uh, a way to honor uh, the Virgin Mary and her quest for shelter at the time of Jesus's birth or the subsequent flight into Egypt um, so there's a lot of like different ideas of it but basically it's this zombie horse that uh they celebrate by having a parade where they have a horse skull and they put ribbons and all this pretty stuff on it and it's held by someone in the parade and they'll go around giving treats to people watching the parade like throwing candy out you know cool i've seen pictures of that on the internet Yeah. Now that we're talking about it, that does seem a little bit. Familiar. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, but the name is I'm new to me. I don't think I've ever heard that before, or the whole yeah, story. Yeah, either. You know? um, mm-hmm. But it's a uh, very interesting piece. Its number one goal is uh, not just to you know remind you of the living uh, mm-hmm. or the dead, but its number one goal is to get into your home, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. absolutely wants to get into your house. And you have to stand up to it and tell it, no, you're, you're not allowed in my house. And the only way to keep it out of your house is to uh, battle it in a uh, battle of wits. And so this includes most often rhyming uh, oh. or poetry. So it's like an old version of like a poetry deaf jam like, you know, a oh, no. slam thing against each other where <laughs> you just have to, whoever comes up with the better poem wins the battle, you know? Yeah. And, like, what a bizarre idea, you know? For sure. I, I love mean, it. It is like, it flies under the radar as something that's actually really ingrained in worldwide society. Uh, think about in like, the 50s, uh, even now, it's still the most one of the more common gifts, like physical toys, is a little hobby horse, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for kids, uh, where it's just the head of a horse and mm-hmm. uh, the stick, and they ride around. Mm-hmm. That is literally um, an incarnation. That it, that's something that was made to um, like honor Mary Lloyd, you know, like. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, that's bizarre, you know? Yes. But I don't know. I've I've never, like, I've never heard of uh, this. 
But it is, yeah, it's childhood depiction of a Mary Lloyd companion. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating that I've never heard of this creature, but, <laughs> like, it is so ingrained into just Christmas and, like like you said, we've seen pictures of parades of the uh, horse head, you know? It's just bizarre. Who knew? Because I know we had them when I was a kid. Do they still sell them? I guess I don't remember, but we used to think they were the... Who knew it had this, you know, backstory, you know? We yeah. Just thought it was, you know what I mean? We were just having fun. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting because, yeah, pretty much everybody had one or you knew someone that had one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like the watered down fairy tales, you know, there's some yeah. like actual like hardcore stuff that goes, mm-hmm. you know, back mm-hmm. in the origin of it, you know, so here's these little simple looking little yeah. horse, horse, horse on a stick on thing a stick and, and they really mean called. something. Yeah, they're about this, you know, trying to get in your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Cool beans. Well, while we have this little lull, I want to remind everybody to listen to the Calling Radio Show tomorrow night. And yours truly is guest hosting or guest co-hosting on there. And I guess we're going to be talking about what happens after you die. What do you see? So tune in. Might be kind of a fun one. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, Kyle, wow. This has been just a wild show. And I, I'm, I have my little list, and I tell you what, on Christmas, I'm gonna scare my nephews. <laughs> I'm gonna say, "Hey guys, have nice. you heard about this?" <laughs> yeah, tell them to watch out for Mary Lloyd. I'm sure that that's not how it's pronounced, but yeah, that's, that's good yeah. enough for a guy living in Kentucky, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we don't know either, so whatever. It's the American way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kyle's website, Heidi put it up on our uh, chat room, but it's the International Paranormal Museum dot com. Yes, so, that might be down right now, but okay. I you'll have to <laughs> I don't know, I'll okay. have to check, but we've been working okay. on it. Uh but yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram I was gonna say and there's, everything as well. Yep. So he's we on our online of... store. Uh you can reach that through our Facebook. We have a little link for it on there as well. So awesome. Cool beans. Well, okay, Kyle, thank you. This has been so much fun. Of course. Awesome, as always. Delightful. It's always fun to have you on, Kyle, and we'll Mm -hmm. look forward to our next chat with you. And uh, just, yeah, thanks for bringing all the good for the holiday week this week. Yeah. And then the next time will be the summer solstice, right? So it'll be, you know, probably 100 degrees and all day and no night. Yeah. (laughs) It's the opposite of what it is now. Literally the exact opposite. Yeah. So our town, our downtown is actually built, uh, not to get too weird, but our downtown was built by uh, Masons a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And on our solstices, um, the sun, uh, like the sunrises and the sunset match up exactly with our downtown to where it's like perfect when the sun sets That's like, awesome. through the streets. So it's really cool. Wow. I'll have to that check is- that out tomorrow. Yeah, very for cool. sure. Very cool. You should put some pictures up on Facebook so we can see. Uh, yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, thank you once again. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. And for any troops that may be listening, and I know there usually are some, thank you for your service. Be safe and have a, a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday season. Yes, absolutely. And everybody in the chat room, 
we didn't have any questions from you, but I knew you were there and you were paying attention because we had some good comments about what was going on here with Kyle's story. So thanks for joining us in the chat room. And yes, everybody, wherever you're listening from, thank you so much for being here. Para X, thank you so much for hosting us. We love being here. Sarge, the most amazing producer on the planet. Thanks for pulling us all together. Kyle, thanks for being here. And we'll look forward to seeing you all here next week. Yeah. Good night, everyone. <laughs>